S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another podcast with Sammy Rye. I gotta tell you guys, right now, let's hop into it. It's the November November month for the Epic Game Store, where you can get free content in the Epic Game Store. $153.95 of content is what I'm checking out with right now. And basically, I was talking about this on the stream I did on YouTube last week, how in the metaverse that's coming, that you could like open up a sneaker store, you could open up a store, something like that. And and right, right in this next week, there's a free clothing and shoe store, usually cost $40. It's free. I'm adding it to my cart. I'm going to go ahead and click it right now. And looking at it, it's a modular store. Basically, it belongs to a bigger set. You actually can purchase an entire shopping mall for $120 from the people who made the shoe store, but the shoe store is free. So you can just have the shoe store. It's basically one level of the larger shopping mall set, and it's modular, meaning you can put it together like Legos. So you like you know like I don't know how to make this stuff. You can have it the way it is. Or you can move things around and plop it down like Legos, basically. And you would have the beginning of a clothing or shoe store. There's mannequins, there's shelves. It looks just like the short store of any mall. And again, let's say you and your friends wanted to get together, do a project. For 120 bucks. you guys split it. You could have an entire shopping mall that's modular. So you could put it together and make it look differently. Even though you go to a bunch of malls, they might be laid out different. But most of the parts and stuff that you see inside of a mall, they look pretty similar. So if you bought that project, you and your friends could be doing that. I mean, whatever. I, I mean, I'm telling you this stuff. I'm telling you this stuff before it happens. It happens. I'm sitting here saying, hey, look, I told you that was going to happen. And that's amazing that Epic is really trying to help people because it's going to also get Epic money. I, I, love, I love that concept in business where a business says, hey, we'll give you something free. We'll resource you. We'll give you the resources and start you out. And then if you put in the time and effort, you can then make some money. So that's one example there. You're saying, I don't know how to design sneakers. I don't know what to do. There's Blender. Blender is also a free program. I talk about it all the time. That's what I wanted to do. I want to throw that out there. That's November content. What are some other content they have? You, you know, interest in sneakers? They're giving out a universal camera system, a very flexible camera system you can use in all your games. That's free. Uh, we got physical interaction system, fully intuitive interactions for everything from grabbing and throwing um, to subtle movements and rotations. That's going to be great for VR kind of games, VR experiences, right? We're going to talk a lot about VR this week. That's free. Loft office, a modular loft office. So let's say you want to just like, you know, you don't want to run a business. Maybe you want to have something where you and your friends can meet, or maybe you have a charity organization, or it's a club or something like that, and you want to set it up in a VR space. I'm going to talk a lot about the VR, the, the Oculus 2 this week, and some updates from last year's podcast. I talked a lot about that last year. We're going to revisit that and go a little rundown of the state of VR for the Oculus. Um, yeah, but Loft Office is modular. Again, most of the stuff on these this store is modular, which is just like Fortnite. You kind of putting things together, putting things down however you want. You want a certain room over here that connects to here. It kind of does it for you. Um, that's a Loft Office. is for free. Um, let me see what else we have here. The clothing store I mentioned. And then a little a little uh, animated raindrops, water material effects to you know to go on different environments and 3D things you have. That whole system is free. And this is just the stuff that I'm seeing this month in November. I can't even go over all the content I've gotten from them. It's about $150 to about $300 of content. 
I see usually every month. I've been adding this stuff, I think, to my, my account for about a year. And if you don't have Unreal, it doesn't matter because I've been adding this stuff to my account for maybe two years now, um, before I got Unreal on my computer. So it, it costs you nothing to head over to unrealengine.com, look at the marketplace, see the free content from the month. You probably already have an account if you ever played Fortnite or played any Epic games. Go ahead and log into your account, add it to your cart. It takes like a month or two. One of my favorite things, I don't even need an alarm to remind me, one of my favorite things I like to do every month, because I know this is something that is only going to get better. With Unreal Engine and all these products, it's only going to get better. And it's going to become a time where you can sit down and say, okay, what can I do? And you're going to have other people who are going to say, I want to get into this trend. I want to get into this craze. They're going to have to pay money. Once people start realizing there's a lot of money here, content creators are going to start upping the prices of their products. They're not going to be giving away things so, so much free because the market's going to change. But right now, you can have, like I have, thousands of dollars of 3D assets and products that you can use so when you have maybe a better computer, you don't have a good computer now, well, maybe you'll have one in a year or two, right? But you can have all the licensing to all these content, basically, that you could be using to start off that project down the road. So if you don't have time now, it's, it takes nothing to go over to unrealengine.com forward slash marketplace, check out the free content, add it to your library every month. So I had a friend hit me up and ask me about some of the things going on in VR. Basically, you know, if they wanted to get into the MetaQuest 2, which is the, the VR I recommend to start off with, it could be $400 if you get the 128 gigabyte version, or the it could be $500, I think, if you get the the 256 megabyte gigabyte version or whatever. I went with the $500 version because I like to have a lot of memory. I like to install a lot of games. I don't want to wait for downloading. However, the games are pretty small to download in general. So if you have a decent internet connection in your home, you might be able to get away with the 128 and just delete games you're not using. But I have a lot of content installed that I just don't delete. So you can get away with the $400 version. My mindset was maybe in a few years, if hopefully it's still working, right? Because you never know with electronics. But um, you know, if games start getting bigger or whatever, or if I start you know adding more movies or something or other kinds of experiences, I don't want to have to upgrade the memory later because you cannot upgrade the memory. You cannot put like an extra memory card in it. At least I don't believe you can. I'm pretty sure you can't. And that was my deciding factor of I'll just wait a little bit, add another hundred dollars to the purchase, and then make sure that you know for the foreseeable future I won't have any issues. Um, but what games? What are the best games? What are you? What are you expecting? And how? And the first thing I said was, hey, let's not call them games. Let's really not call them games. Like if you go to a theme park, I wouldn't call a roller coaster a game. I wouldn't call a stage show a stunt show. You might see them at a theme park. I wouldn't call that a game. Um, are there things on there that are game-like or, or have aspects that are a game? Yes, but I think it's important since we are used to video games being something you sit down on the couch and do for a very, very long time. Um, it's very different than when you're playing VR because VR is very interactive. So like you might go play, you know, Call of Duty with somebody on a computer or in your console at home on your sofa. You might be able to play that for four or five hours it's going to be very difficult for you to do that to play VR. That's like if you're going to play paintball outside, you might go play paintball for half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. Maybe you take a break, you come back, play another game for another hour. Um, VR is physically taxing in most situations. Even when you're sitting down playing some games, I find that over an hour of that kind of immersive experience where it's on your eyes, it's kind of distorting your perception of reality a bit where your brain is has difficulty distinguishing the fact that you know you're not looking out your eyes 
um, into a TV, you're looking out your eyes into something that's right in front of your eyes that's simulating basically the same way you would look out through your eyes, a whole um, 360 degree vision of this virtual environment. It's physically taxing. It wears on your brain for a little while. It wears on your mind. I have definitely had moments where I've played some games sitting down probably longer. And when you pop your headset off, there is that minute where you're looking around your room and you're like, oh man, this is kind of weird. You know, coming back to reality in that sense. Um, is it like, you know, oh my gosh, the greatest thing ever? No, I'm warning you that it's, it is physically taxing. That might be a bad thing. Um, you might think that's like super cool from like a geek standpoint. I think it's like, eh, it's just a side effect of, you know, being exposed to this virtual environment for so long. So I don't recommend really looking at it thinking you're going to get games you're going to play all night. Um, I think definitely you could take breaks. You could, um, I have an external battery, a second battery that you hook up to it. I like it because the one I bought gives you like more weight to your VR headset, um, there's a lot of good ones that are rated on Amazon. You can figure out like what kind of extra straps you want or whatever. Um, and I and but I find that a lot of times I never usually play where I even need to go into that extra battery. Um, the the there's a game called A Garden by the Sea or Garden by the Sea. That's a game I could play the longest. It's a simple gardening game where you're harvesting crops and taking care of animals. You can like decorate your island. You basically have control to edit like three or four little little teeny islands. Um, that's the biggest like Sims like game, you know, like you can't like build a house or, um, I think use a house that like upgrades, you can upgrade that house, but it's not something that's extremely in depth. Like the Sims, it's more like harvest moon or animal crossing where you can kind of simply do these little tasks, gardening, watering things, um, you know, planting things, decorating some things, and then interacting with some of the animals in very simple, basic ways. That's the game I probably could play the longest. And if I played that, maybe sitting down, I might play that for two or three hours. Um, and, you know, you kind of don't want to rush through it. It's cool, I think. I think some of the stuff grows when you're not playing. So you kind of can come back to it and it feels like the game is, you know, progressing. But, um, yeah, Garden by the Sea, great game. They've added a lot of free content. If you catch it on sale, even better. Um, but they keep adding content to it. It's a game that keeps growing. And um, I highly recommend it. Now, it's important that I mention here that if you're thinking about buying things for VR, if you buy things in the PlayStation Store, they don't all necessarily carry over to the MetaQuest Store, right? Um, or vice versa. Now, there's some titles that they have it set up on the back end where if you buy their game, you have access to it in other VR platforms. That's not a given. So if you're thinking, I'm going to get the MetaQuest 2, um, and then I might go over and get the PSVR later, or another kind of VR system, that's something you wanna check into because your library isn't gonna carry over everywhere. So like, if you wanted to play a game like No Man's Sky, No Man's Sky is a console game, you need a powerful PC with a VR headset, or you need a PS4 with their VR, or PS5 with PS5 VR 2 to play No Man's Sky in VR. You're not gonna be able to play that on the MetaQuest 2. So again, for 400, 500 bucks, the MetaQuest 2, you get that and say, all I wanna do is play No Man's Sky. Sorry, you can't play it. If you have a PC that's powerful enough to run No Man's Sky's VR, you can use the MetaQuest 2 basically as a controller. Um, at that point, you won't have that free movement. You have to have a cable that links from your headset into the, into the PC. Um, and there are, I think I did like a Google Earth VR. I think that experience um, was recommended for the PC. And my like regular house PC was enough for Google Earth VR. 
Um, and that was cool. It was cool. It was a powerful upgrade. I definitely can understood understood why it didn't work on the MetaQuest Two by itself. But um, that's something that's there. You know, if if you wanted to get you know into the MetaQuest Two, and later on you think you're going to get a powerful PC, sometimes you'll be able to use the MetaQuest Two as like a controller where you put it on your face and then you know you can interact with the other VR without having to go. Basically, like the Oculus Rift is like um. A, a more high def like TV screens on your eyes, um, maybe better sound quality. It's like the controller itself is more expensive, um, and then you know, you also gonna need a powerful PC in there. So these are some of the pros and cons to those, those kind of things. I think most people, if you don't, if you're not sure, I couldn't picture myself at least spending a thousand five hundred dollars on the you know the MetaQuest Pro. And jumping in and thinking, okay, well, you know, with that, I don't believe you need anything else. You don't need a PC. You have everything you need in that headset. But basically, instead of buying a brand new computer, you went and bought VR. Um, maybe in the future, people will do that. I definitely think people nowadays buy iPads um, and Chromebooks more than they go out of their way to buy an expensive desktop computer. I think if you're trying to get most things done, you can get it done with, you know, a Chromebook or like a like an iPad. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, you know, for some basic office work and word processing, if people say, I'm just going to go get me a VR headset for like 300, 400 bucks, and then I can go play games with it too. I think it's likely. Um, I did a little bit of typing in some of the games and it feels just like you're typing pretty much with, um, you know, a keyboard. It's not much of a difference. It's just, you're doing it all in VR and there's definitely some situations where it can be more comfortable, where you can sit down on a couch or your favorite spot in your house and then just type in, into the air right in front of you. You might not have that wrist support, but of course you can put your wrist down somewhere. Um, you can sit pretty comfortably and then just type. You could even have like your left arm all the way on the couch, you know, resting on top of the couch and your right arm on the arm armrest and then have half the keyboard to your left hand, half the keyboard to your right hand. And if you know how to type without looking, you could just type. Um, so there are definitely some things to be said about VR where there are experiences in VR that are better than with their real life counterparts. Not all of them, but definitely enough, I think, to justify the hardware and justify people, you know, putting more money into advancing the hardware. I think that's why Facebook has put all their money into it, because they know that these are experiences that in the future will be better than what you've been doing. So if like a computer was better than a typewriter for typing because, you know, you don't have to worry about ink ribbons or things breaking and jamming. Um, you have, you know, a computer or a laptop you can take around with you or something like that. Or you have infinite paper, infinite ink. That's better. There's no reason to use a typewriter anymore. I think at some point being able to slip on a VR headset um, as they get lighter and sleekier and less bulkier, but more powerful and then be able to interact with the world with through augmented reality or with VR, that will be something that's a better experience than the current way we interact with most technology. Um, will, it, will, it, will it completely com re you know, replace the computer? I don't know. I mean, I, get, I would feel like there's always a need for a desk station, a desktop you know, place that you can sit down and work on things, but I could also be wrong. I mean, when I think about a game on there or an experience on the MetaQuest 2, like, um, I expect you to die. I expect you to die as a, as a James Bond style game where you're solving puzzles and defusing traps. You can interact with so many objects. That's why that game is fun. You can like pick up a soda can and open it. You can like throw a watermelon. Like it's other little weird things that you can do. They let you really feel like you're in the game. And, and it, for the most part, they're pretty immersive. You know, opening a door, they have this way that you can like point with your finger 
like a beam of light comes out of you. They say that you have telekinesis, telekinesis powers, but then you could like pull the object towards you or open the door handle with your mind and move it. Um, it works pretty well. And I think those are some of the experiences where I definitely could see that some of that stuff could be more fun interacting with your home through that kind of experience if you had augmented reality and a controller and stuff. So I expect you to die is a very, very hard experience, a very hard game. Um, but it's definitely one of the ones that come highly recommended. There's a part one and a part two. Well, I, how I heard it was just by part two um, because you're going to get you know all the best features out of part two. And if you have trouble beating part two, it's going to be just as hard beating part one. It doesn't really matter. Um, so I, I find it this is fun to put it on and try to play it. You can definitely watch YouTube videos to help you figure out the puzzles because I think the puzzles aren't really obvious. That's why I don't really like, um, you know, I expect you to die because I feel like I don't like a puzzle game that doesn't necessarily make sense where their game, I feel like maybe because you're, you're dealing with telekinesis and it's hard to understand why it would make sense or even some of the weird things they want you to do. I'm like, yeah, no one would think to do that. Whereas um, there's other, some other puzzle games I've played which I felt like, you know, it makes more sense. You know, you see a switch and you go pull a switch and I don't know, you find a statue that's like a hexagon bottom. It goes into the hexagon hole you saw earlier. It's simpler and it makes more sense, but it seems like something someone would design, someone would make that. Um, I think that's what I like about some of the other games that um, that have those kind of features to it. But I'm, I'm going to go through a list here of the, the top games and tell you what people recommend, what like always gets recommended and what I think actually works versus what people are saying. So number one is Beat Saber. Beat Saber is supposed to be like a dance, dance, revolution thing. It's kind of like you have two like lightsaber drumsticks in your hands and you're playing songs. Is that fun? Yeah. Listening to your favorite music is always fun. Is it expensive? Yeah. I think the problem with Beat Saber um, is that you have to buy the game and then buy all these packs of songs. And that, you know, if you already bought these things to listen to them or you're paying for a streaming service, it could just get expensive. So I, if money isn't an issue for you, everyone loves Beat Saber. There's no reason to not try it. But understand, you're sitting there and you're you're smashing blocks in the air like Fruit Ninja style. Um, you know, making music. It's not a bad thing. It's not bad. I just wasn't, I wasn't terribly interested in it. Um, then there's... People talk about a game called Population 1 a lot. And they always like bill it as like the Fortnite of VR. It's the first game in there. There's a lot of Battle Royale games. They're not all Fortnite. That's simply, it's simply that. So is it, you know, a bad experience? I don't think so. I think it is something that people who play it and are good at it are going to really dominate you because you're going into a game where you're really running around trying to have, you know, moving and jumping and shooting all these experiences. Um, it could be a lot. So I feel like if you're going to play it, you got to really put a lot of time to get good at it. And I don't feel like VR, at least to me, isn't something like to do like that where you're putting a lot of time and effort into it. And that brings me to Echo VR. Echo VR was a game I thought I will put a lot of time and effort into this game. And the problem with that is um, it's it's very physically taxing. And I don't mean just on your arms and muscles. You know, I, I like to do endurance running. I can run for my longest runs are three hours, four hours, literally, literally 10 miles. You know, I can go out and come back. Playing an hour of VR, there's a mental aspect, a mental fatigue that is more so than just the muscles or standing around. Um, you're in a really weird situation where you're you're in this fake environment. You have to be aware that you're in your house. You don't knock anything over, right? So you got to have a special space set up for this. And then while you're doing the physical stuff, 
I think you're constantly mentally processing a lot of information coming at you. Whereas like if I go on a long run, it's actually pretty relaxing. I can listen to some music and I just run. But when you're playing like a, a team-based game where you're moving your body and doing a lot of stuff constantly, trying to factor in you know, strategy and how you should be interacting with this virtual world, um, it's a lot of mental focus, I feel like, for a very long amount of time. So I got Echo VR. Echo VR really blew me away. That was the one that made me know I really wanted to get into VR and like you know play a whole lot. I got like backup batteries and stuff because I thought I'm gonna play this game for like two or three hours. It's really difficult. Echo VR is a very fun game. Um, if you get to full fledged VR, there's a, a, a like a more in depth game version of it which I would love to play because Echo VR was one of the first games that made me feel like I was actually in outer space. Like the way that you float, the way that you move, you kind of can like grab the wall and push off the wall, which wouldn't make sense because like VR, you obviously aren't touching a real wall, but the game, the way it moves, it feels so much like how you think it would feel if you were floating weightless through space. And since you're floating weightless through space in this arena game that you're playing, you don't have to use your feet. Your feet are pretty much useless. So it makes sense that in the VR world, you're not using your feet. It's such a great idea with such great mechanics. Um, And last thing about it was then you throw this disc to like score points and it feels exactly like you're throwing a real disc. Like if you flick it a little bit to the left or right with your wrist, it goes a different trajectory. And I originally thought I'm going to get really good at this and not realizing that. Number one, it takes a lot of real life skill. You know, if you want to throw a frisbee perfectly, that's just, this is a whole process you're learning. And number two, you're throwing something that's virtual. It's not really a frisbee. So you have to like, you know, get used to moving your hands and releasing your fingers at the exact time. Um, and then when you're actually playing the game, you have other players coming at you. They can punch you in the game, which will stun you. They're trying to intercept your disc. It's a lot to process. And it's a team-based game. So if, even if you play as well as you possibly can play, um, if you're playing against a team that's even, even halfway coordinated, it's going to be very hard for you, you and your team to win. Um, so it has an open mic, and you can communicate with everybody. But I found in like the pickup games, unless you make VR friends, um, you don't have that. And I haven't gotten into that really in any games, like being super social, making a bunch of friends. Um, but Echo VR, to me, is a must-own. Um, but ultimately it was one of those, like, it's like a daunting task. It'd be like, I'm gonna go join a football league. And then once you're in it, you're like, this is very difficult. This is, um, very demanding. So at a population one, Echo VR, I would go Echo VR simply because there's like a lot of training areas you can do. And I like practicing in Echo VR. I'm the same way in real life with basketball. I like practicing basketball. I'm not at a point in my life where I feel like competitively playing basketball. If I did it a lot, then perhaps at some point, if I got really good at it, um, but with Echo VR and me, my, my time frame I spent with VR, I didn't get to a point where, like I dedicated my life to Echo VR. Um, it's a cool game, and definitely I would like to see where they went with it in the future. If there was like an Echo VR 2, especially like on the PS5 or something, or like a full-fledged game with more skins and maybe more people were playing it and it was becoming a big thing, I definitely would look back into it because I feel like it is its own virtual sport where you cannot have that experience anywhere else. You can't play Echo VR on a regular PlayStation. With a controller, it's not gonna work. So like, what's special about VR? Is there a game, is there a genre that's different that does not exist in any other kind of form? 
Echo VR is one of them. It's a game that if you play it and you say, ah, I'm going to go sit on my PS4 and play it, it doesn't exist. You can't, you can't play it. Um, and that's a really cool thing that an Xbox can't claim, a Sega, Nintendo, they can't claim. All their games you can kind of play or port them to the other systems. But Echo VR in VR, there, there's nothing else like it in, in any other kind of console. So that's really cool. Um, well, let me look at some other games here on this list I wrote down. Pistol Whip. Pistol Whip. Pistol Whip is amazing. Pistol Whip is absolutely a must-buy. If you like if you like any adrenaline, if you have an ounce in you of someone who enjoys adrenaline and action, um, Pistol Whip is the number one game. I've heard people say Super Hot is good, and I have to be honest, I haven't played Super Hot. Um, but what I saw from Super Hot and the concept, I think Pistol Whip came after Super Hot and has had a much, much better idea. But the Pistol Whip obviously has a lot of influences from John Wick. And when you watch John Wick, the way that he moves through an action scene, taking on different bad guys that are approaching him to some really cool like techno music, that's something that's very unique to John Wick, and it's very fun. Pistol Whip gives you the John Wick experience. There'll never be a console game where you're walking around as John Wick, shooting people, even if it's the best kind of third-person shooter that you could have for John Wick. Um, this will feel as awesome as doing it yourself in Pistol Whip. It really feels like it. You feel really badass when you're playing Pistol Whip, especially if you get into it, and I, I get into it. Um, that's a game where I'm more than happy to come home and play that game all night until I basically cannot physically stand it anymore. Um, that's a game that, you know, when people say, oh, you know, uh, you know, exercising with some kind of thing, some kind of video game thing, oh, Pistol Whip, you'll be dripping sweat. And you'll be loving it, and you won't feel like you're exercising. So if they can somehow, you know, keep on expanding on that way of playing the game, um, that's something that's great for mankind. Because Pistol Whip is awesome. You're playing against computer characters, so it would be cool if, like, you and your friends could, like, maybe co-op play and try to score points and stuff. But right now, I don't know any people that I that I'm close with that own VR, so it wouldn't even matter if it existed. Um, Pistol Whip, I think I just don't play as much because. Number one, if I play, I know I'm going to be busting a sweat out. This is going to be basically an intense exercise. And number two, um, there isn't, you know, after you do the main content, it's kind of all the same thing. So, like, every level has a different song. So, like, which song are your favorite? That's kind of the only reason you go back and play that song. And maybe the level layout is kind of more cool. But then there's a lot of replay. You do the levels over and over again. You can unlock different guns. That stuff is all cool, and it's all worth it. But again, it's like an experience at that point. It's like, do I feel like being like John Wick in my house today and, you know, running around shooting something all, all over the place, fighting these bad guys? That's kind of what Pistol Whip is for. And if you don't feel like doing that, if you don't want to be, you know, dripping sweat, um, then that's not something that you're going to want to get into. Now, I didn't get Resident Evil 4 VR because I got Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. And after playing Walking Dead Saints and Sinners... It's a really difficult thing to play a game for a long time. I'm not talking, I'm not talking motion sickness here either. The, the game is just very in-depth and very robust. So if you're playing Walking Dead Saints and Sinners and you're not beating it or you're not sitting down and feeling like you can pull out time into it, I don't know if I can recommend Resident Evil 4 VR. Resident Evil 4 is a long game. I played Resident Evil 4 back on the GameCube when it first came out. I can't imagine trying to play that game through VR. Um, it's just such a big game. It's really, really long. 
And again, you have monsters and all kinds of things. If you're a hardcore gamer and you got VR and you say, man, I want a, a more serious game, Resident Evil 4 VR, I can't imagine it gets more serious than that. It's the same thing on the PS4. Biohazard, the Resident Evil like 8 game, um, from everyone I know that's ever played it or tried to play it, it's just extremely intense. That game on a controller, on a regular system, is one a game that I've had trouble finishing because it is truly frightening. I don't feel frightened by most games, but Biohazard 8 is frightening. They don't give you a lot of stuff. You're in horrible situations constantly. It's very like a despair feeling kind of game. I can't even imagine what it'd be like in VR. Um, I definitely will try it when I get the, B the VR for the PS5. Um, I, it's like something I feel like I have to do in my life. But again, I imagine it's going to be a horrible, horrible experience. Um, not because the game's bad, just because VR puts you into those scary situations and it feels very different. I remember there was this one kind of silly little horror game I played where you had to like solve these traps. And if you didn't solve them right, you died. And it's funny because it kills you, but you're like experiencing your death in first person. And the only, the, the one that stands out to me the most, I don't know if they all worked or whatever, but there was this one where I made a mistake and these two pieces of wood kind of like fell down on both sides of my shoulder. So I'm like looking and like to my left and right and these like two long planks of wood fell down next to me. And they're basically a track for a guillotine that slides down and slices off your head in the game and like your head falls to the floor. And when it slid down, I had this moment, it was a real life moment where I, I flinched. I like blinked because it was cutting my neck and it felt like I was watching this thing slide down with the sound effects, with the shiny metal to my neck. And I did not expect it. I did not know that was what was going to happen when the wood came down. Um, and obviously I didn't die, but a part of me was like, wow, like that psychologically, that kind of sucks. And that stuck with me. That death stuck with me. I've played many video games in my life and died countless times i won't forget that death that was that was one that really stuck with me in a very weird way that again you're only going to feel in vr so these are just those things i'm talking about where it's an experience it's if i go back and play it i have gone back and played it and i died a second time it didn't have the same kind of impact on me but those experiences the first time through for 10 15 bucks 20 bucks these aren't bad things to do with technology they're very fun if you ask me um i played the thrill of the fight which is a boxing game and again, I thought, you know, this would be a great workout, um, highly, highly rated game. That's one thing I have to say, too. Overall, most things that go into VR are pretty good. Like, they don't make a lot of crappy games for them. Most of the games you hear people talking about are good, which is very weird. It's like if someone sets out to make a VR game, they set out to make a good game. Um, I don't know if that's... If that's just natural how the experience is or I don't I don't know how that is, but because MetaQuest is putting money into it and making sure that they're they're getting these games out there that are high quality. But the thrill of the fight is a boxing game. And that's really fun, except boxing's really hard in real life. Like boxing a computer character who knows how to box, and you're like, wait a second, I don't know if I really know how to box at this level when you're blocking and punching. It's challenging. And they have a tutorial to teach you and stuff. But um, you're playing against like professional style computer boxers. So even on the easiest difficulty level, I felt like they were very challenging. So again, it's a thing where it's not just pressing buttons and remembering things. You have to physically start training motor skills to deal with these things. So if you're looking for VR because you, you want that, you want this way to expand your real life self, then there are definitely things out there like that. The thrill of the fight, um, like I mentioned, Echo VR when it comes to throwing Frisbees. 
These are like real life motor skills. That I think when you take off VR and you grab a Frisbee, you're going to have a much better understanding of a Frisbee than the average person if you played Echo VR. Are you going to be a master Frisbee person in real life? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you'll be a lot more familiar. And the thrill of the fight, I think one thing it does that's really good is it gives you that that face-to-face experience with fighting someone. I've done some light sparring recently over the last few years, and it is different sparring people than it is when you're like practicing on a bunching bag by yourself. Um, and in real life, that still is different than a VR game, obviously. But what I thought the VR did was it presents you with a visual challenge of trying to get around someone's hands and figuring out those patterns. I think that is good practice. Will it beat real sparring? No, I would not, I'm not going to say that. However, I think if you did the thrill of fight a lot and then sometimes you spar, then you're definitely going to be a little bit more comfortable in some kind of way than the other people because your brain is getting used to like watching the character's shoulders move, watching their wrists turn, um, watching these things and having to react over and over and over. You're mentally training yourself the same way you would if you had a human in front of you. And in this situation, you're not actually getting hit. So there might be something to be said with the fact that you probably can spar longer in the throw of the fight, since you're not taking physical damage. Um, however, you know, I'm sure there's not a study and there's no way I can j- honestly say if that, you know, is good or bad for you. Um, but it's there. If you if you thought, hey, you know, this kind of would make um, VR would be great for a boxing game, they have a boxing game. So I have a few more games I want to mention. I'm going to go to do a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the more console eccentric games. I still have some MetaQuest 2 games I want to mention. Um, yes, yeah, so if you guys are enjoying this kind of content, I hope you like it. If you missed the stream we did this Wednesday, I talked about some of these games on the live stream while me and my daughter played Fortnite and did some weekly challenges, which was pretty fun. Um, so if you didn't see that, you will go ahead and check that out. I had some good kill streaks in that in that um, stream too. But we're going to go to a quick commercial break and come right back. And we're back with part two of the podcast. We're going over some, you know, VR things I recommend purchasing. My buyer's guide to the VR. Um, and let's just keep going. We're talking mainly about the MetaQuest games, the cheaper games, the games you can get on the MetaQuest. And then we're going to finish this off with some of the more console or PC heavy games like No Man's Sky, the bigger, more robust games that you won't be able to play on the MetaQuest 2 because the MetaQuest 2 is kind of like mobile VR, um, like a cell phone game kind of in comparison to you know, a console level game. That doesn't mean there's not good games on the MetaQuest 2 that feel kind of console-ish. They just aren't as deep and in-depth. Um, Five Nights of Freddy's Help Wanted. This is another one of those things that if you're looking for a scary game, this is probably one of the premier scary games on the, the console. With the scary games, you're going to have to decide, I think, how much you can get into them. If you walk around like, this is stupid and whatever, then you're not going to, I don't know if it's going to like knock you out of your feet. If you want to get into it, I think the VR, especially with earbuds in, or your um, you know, if you if you got like if you have earbuds or headphones, and then the VR headset, you're getting as much scare as you possibly can get in real life without actually being in danger with that kind of a setup. No matter which game you're playing, some of them have better graphics than the others. But Five Nights at Freddy's is a game that you can check out, and if you happen to be a fan of that series at all, then you'll probably be in love with it. I'm on the fence with Five Nights at Freddy. It's it's like Roblox. Like I understand why certain people like it, and it's cool. But this person, not my cup of tea. Again, I went Walking Dead. That was my one when I went for. That's kind of more what I'm looking for. Um, but I definitely can understand that some people are into that. Um, I mentioned Walking Dead Saints and Sinners or Saints. Yeah, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners earlier. But one thing I wanted to talk about it more in depth is the coolest thing about that game 
is that it is actually a survival game. Like, you have to harvest wood to make things. You have to find bullets. I think you have to get food and medicine. And there is no other game like that right now. I don't think Ark has a VR for, um, at least not for the MetaQuest 2. And it, it, so Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, I feel like, is a game that's like a must-own. But it's a game I also don't play a lot because it's it, it takes a lot of time and energy to play. Um, but if you're looking for a console game where everything I've seen about it, it has a lot of replay value to it. I've had difficulty. I spent like days in just like the first street of the map, like just trying to get around the first part of the major city. It probably took me in real life like several days of trying to play for like an hour, hour and a half. Um, and after a while, I was like, man, I'm like, I'm not, I have, there's no way. I think there's like eight other pieces of the map. Like, there's no way I'm going to get through this game. I never would have the time. However, I can always go back to it. And a lot of these games, like I mentioned, the Garden of the Sea, they're still getting updates. I'm in Facebook groups and stuff. I see that they still get free content updates. So that's cool. So you put the game down, you can come back to it later on and give it a try. Not a big deal. Um, I want to mention Blade and Sorcery Nomad. I don't own it, but I was at someone's house and they owned it. And they were really enjoying it. And the funny and weird thing about this game, which is kind of disturbing, is like when you use a hammer or a sword and you like duel against another character with a hammer or sword or whatever kind of weapon, you can like kill them exactly how you would kill them in real life. And watching some kids play this, it's a bit disturbing. Where like they can like slice the person, they fall over, you can like stab them in the neck, and then the character on the screen is stabbing them in the neck, and the kid can be stabbing him, stabbing them. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. I just don't know. We don't have the kind of the kind of data to tell us if this is good or not for our youth. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it'll make them tougher. I don't know. But Blade and Sorcery Nomad is a serious dueling game that involves um, you know, swords and shields and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, if you have kids or you have, you know, a significant other and they walk in the room and you're mutilating a medieval body with a sword via like like you know a house of dragon style confrontation um they might look at you a little different to see how how bad you are when you go kill these people um i don't own it but i, I definitely would get it probably at some point i just watch people play it and that's kind of like i don't know if i want to get into that the climb 2 is one of my favorite games in the whole world Another game, you can't play it on PlayStation. It doesn't exist. Like Echo VR, you can only play The Climb 2 in VR. And it is one of my... I get into it. It's fun. I can definitely see someone playing it thinking, this is stupid and boring. I'm sorry. You have no imagination. The Climb 2 is a game where you are climbing a mountain. And I love rock climbing. I, I've never been able to climb a real mountain. I don't think I ever would. But I like like the rock climbing walls you see at amusement parks and stuff like that. I always think it's really fun. Um, but it's that, basically, where you're climbing a mountain. And the way that you hold the controllers and your hands like are above your heads, it is actually physically taxing on your arms doing those kind of motions. It's not as hard as climbing a rock wall at a, at a you know amusement park. But where that might take you 5, 10 minutes for that kind of experience, you can do this for like an hour and over that time, you're gonna be your your body will be hurting. You'll be sore the next day from playing. Um, and the in VR, the sound of the wind, the birds chirping, water running over a mountain stream, looking down at the stuff underneath of you, and it actually looking like you're on a mountain. It's the graphics are a little cartoonish, but really, once you're playing, it doesn't matter. Your your hands are the same kind of graphics. 
um, you can really get into it. There's cool little things in there where like you might come up on a, like a, a ledge and there's like a bird nest like sitting there. Little small details that I really, really appreciate, especially in a VR game where supposedly like you're just climbing stuff. They also added like a city level, like a skyscraper level, which is kind of cool, but I, I think I am a little more partial to the nature levels. Um, something I never thought I would like, and then I absolutely loved it. So like to me, you know, Echo VR and then the Climb 2, like if I just look at those two games and you said, hey man, for the next five, 10 years in VR, these are the only games you're ever going to have. Was that worth $500? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I love the fact that whenever I want to, I can in my house escape to a mountain ridge and go climbing. And it has multiple paths on how you can get around the mountain. Um, there's even some cool things I discovered where like if you're climbing up a ledge, and you slip and let go as you're falling, you can grab onto other ledges. So there's then I came up with a, a challenge for myself where unrealistically, you would never in real life jump from like one side of the mountain and free fall to like a rope that you see and see if you can grab onto it. But in the game, you could because you're not going to die. And when you let yourself go and you start to free fall, it does feel frightening as you're trying to grab that rope. And when you grab that rope, it feels exhilarating or you fall and your character dies. And you got to do it again, which makes you just kind of feel stupid. Um, this is a game I was recording myself playing it. And I was having so much fun just acting like I was climbing a mountain. I wanted to stream that game. Um, it's just one of those things where I didn't think I could do it consistently enough. Because I like doing that by myself because I act a fool. So if you have time by yourself or a space by yourself and you like to role play a little bit or just joke around with yourself and make yourself laugh... The Climb 2 is an absolute blast. I definitely will try to get some videos of it up at some point. Um, but you have to do a lot of stuff to get your like your stream into the video. And it, it's not as easy as streaming a regular game. Um, but I again, I, I love The Climb 2. So The Climb 2 is not a must-have. Echo VR is a must-have. I think Echo VR is free. I don't want to... Don't quote me on that. But um, yeah, those are the two I think are just absolutely fantastic. That's everything I have to say about the MetaQuest 2. I want to give you guys just a little um, you know, breakdown on the, the PS4, PS5, the console level games, the more robust games that you'll be getting if you get a PS5 and you get a big console. But before we do, one more honorable mention is the Room VR, um, a Dark Matter. Room VR Dark Matter is the game I was thinking about earlier that I said is one of like, the best puzzle games. I prefer that over... Um, uh, I expect you to die. Room VR is beautiful. It's it's a the Victorian era Sherlock Holmes kind of era puzzle game. I think the puzzles make sense. There's actually a bit of a story. There's a sense of mysticism going on there. I was upset when it was over because you can go through and play it again once you know all the puzzles. It really isn't a point, but um, I enjoy watching my friends come over and play because um, then I know, and if they get frustrated, I can help them. And that's another reason why to own it. But I think for the price tag, and there not really being a lot of other things to do um, besides, you know, after you beat it once, it was a little sad to me when I beat it. But I think that is the best puzzle game, in my opinion, on the system. But I have heard people who like the hardcore aspects of I Expect You to Die, they like that series. And there's, part, there's two parts of that. It's part one and part two. Um, that's the last honorable mention for that. So on the console, I'm looking at games like No Man's Sky. When I, when I got a PS5, I got it to play Fortnite and No Man's Sky. I was already playing those games on PS4. Um, but those games are 
phenomenal. They're practically perfect. And from I've seen people do reviews for No Man's Sky VR and rated a 9.5. Some people rated a 10. I can't imagine how great No Man's Sky would be in VR. I kind of feel like it's one of those things that if you had no other ambitions in life and you said, I'm just going to play No Man's Sky VR for the rest of my life until I die, it might not be a bad way to live your life. Because No Man's Sky already has so much content, they're constantly adding more content for free to that game. There's infinite worlds, like literally infinite worlds to travel to, infinite things for you to build, infinite other things other players have built for you to go visit, creatures to capture, spaceships to find, um, battles to get into on the ground and in the sky. And they keep adding more stuff. I mean, I don't even know in the last few months if they added something that I'm forgetting about. I know at one point there were cities that you can found and take care of and help grow. Um, and then if you if you actually start playing with your friends and other people, I mean, one time where I was building a city with some people I met on Facebook, um, and that was really a cool experience. Is hanging out, helping each other and stuff, helping other players, um, doing the expeditions they release every few months. There's so much things to do in No Man's Sky. I can't imagine how good it would be if you could actually pop in because that's a game where I enjoy playing in third person, but you can play in first person. And when you are playing in first person. It does have a unique feel to it. It does make it does feel more immersive. So in VR, I can only imagine how immersive that would feel to be walking on the ground in first person and get into a spaceship in first person and fly into the sky in VR. I already know that's going to be like the head, my head getting cut off in the other games. It's going to be one of those amazing experiences in gaming. Hopefully, I get to experience in my lifetime. Um, I think No Man's Sky. You know, if you never played it before you're going to have to get it if you get to VR. That's just going to be um, something that's a no-brainer. Now, then the next two, Marvel's Iron Man has come to the MetaQuest 2, but I didn't mention it in that section because I think it is still more of a console game. Um, if you only have the MetaQuest 2 and you're not getting a console, get Iron Man, definitely. I think it's like 40 bucks. It's one of the most expensive games, I think, in VR. Um, but that game I hear is only three hours long, but you can go back and do some of the test modes and stuff. And I didn't mention this game, um, but in there's a Star Wars game for the Oculus, and it's really just an experience. The The training mode is the best part of that. There's a story. I feel like the story is a bit clunky, and you're kind of still doing the same, you know, throw a lightsaber, lock a blast, you know, use a gun. The same stuff you do in training, which it makes sense in training that you're just kind of doing those motions. The story mode, I felt like, was this, just those motions, and I didn't really care about the story. Um, there's like three parts to it. Um, I think it ends up getting kind of pricey if you buy all the parts. However, if you buy just the last part, the training mode has all the abilities and gadgets from all three parts of the games. So it's kind of where you can save money is just buy the last part. Um, again, if you really want the story, then you have to buy the other parts. But, you know, then, you know, you get the whole story. So it really depends if you want the whole story. I think it's like three hour long story anyway. So it might cost almost as much as Iron Man, um, but you're playing as a generic Jedi on some kind of quest, and ultimately you gotta, you know, fight with a lightsaber. I don't know. It just didn't seem like this one I really, really need to do. I think there's is a bigger, um, more robust Star Wars game they have planned for consoles, and maybe that might be the one to, you know, go all in for. But I just didn't feel like it was worth mentioning. So Iron Man, 
I definitely think it's worth it on the MetaQuest 2. But if you're going to get the consoles, then definitely get Iron Man for the consoles. And also Batman. Iron Man and Batman both set out to do one very simple task. Let you have an experience for a few hours. Not, not you know, the longest, biggest game in the world. Of what it kind of would be like to be Iron Man. And there's little small things I saw. Like, you know, opening up a briefcase with Iron Man's, like, armor in it. And then, like, picking up the pieces and putting them on your character. Or putting them on yourself. And morphing into Iron Man. Cool stuff like that, like, and before you even start fighting. Um, those are things that definitely worth experiencing in VR, having the headset on, having Jarvis talk to you. I don't know if you can talk to Jarvis. That would be amazing. But I'm holding off on buying Iron Man VR um, for the console. I might break down in the next few months if I get bored at some point and just get it for the MetaQuest 2 and then buy it again when the console version comes out. Um, I don't know yet if that's one of those games that supports, you know, buying it from you know, MetaQuest and also being able to redeem it in the PlayStation Store. That'd be awesome. I don't know if they do that. Um, however, that's a game that I think would be really cool to play and really high on my, my list. Um, Batman mentioned here, I'm just going through a list now, Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown. I love, I love the new Top Gun movie. I was not the hugest fan of the original Top Gun. I mean, I liked it when I was a kid. I feel like everyone did. But oh my God, you know, that was one of the movies that I saw outside of the Marvel where I was like, when that comes out, I'm buying it. So Ace Combat 7 had like a crossover where you can get some of the planes from Top Gun in their game. Well, that's kind of cool. I think the main draw for me with Top Gun was the story and Tom Cruise and everything he did in that movie. So I feel like I wanted to play Ace Combat 7, but I also read that it's it's a difficult game. It, it's a game that requires you to learn, you know, a very interesting skilled set that you don't use everywhere else so i didn't think i would put the kind of time and effort into it that i would need to however since it has a vr mode like no man's sky it might it might be really difficult to play but i think it's something to be worth trying trying to simulate what it would be like to get into a fighter jet and fly off into you know disguise it's something i definitely want to try so ace combat 7 skies unknown i put on this list is like uh probably should look into it it's highly rated, almost a perfect 10 on some sites um, for the VR aspect of it. So I think, um, yeah, it's definitely worth a, worth a try. I haven't played Ace Combat in a long time. Um, but again, I feel like that's going to be one of those things where if you spend 50 bucks on it, you might not pay. You might, might not play all day long. Um, yeah, I might feel like it's a ripoff to you. But it's it's like, do you want to have a roller coaster in your backyard, right? Do you want to sit down on your system and feel like you're getting into a, a fighter jet and flying off into the, the sky sometimes, that might be worth it. It might be worth the price of the mission. You know, if you go out to like an escape room or go play laser tag, you might end up spending 40, 50 bucks just for one night of fun. Owning these things or, you know, you know, extending your VR library experiences with these kind of games, it might be worth it to you. It might not be worth it to you. I know it has like photorealistic scenery. That's amazing. Um, you know, No Man's Sky is kind of cartoonish. Um, Google Maps. I had to hook up, you know, my my Oculus to um to a computer to to look at it, and even that was kind of just the pictures. So if if you know Ace Combat has photorealistic graphics like Forza or something like that, and you get to be inside the cockpit, that that has to be amazing. Um, but I imagine it's going to be hard. I I think I remember seeing somewhere that they said some missions feel like it's just impossible to beat it. Um, yeah, I definitely can understand that. Again. I feel like, you know, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners on, on Oculus Quest 2 is sometimes really hard to play. 
Um, so it's, it's gotta be a cool thing to do, but you know, um, how much are you going to do it? I think, um, the next game I want to mention, which is a, a game that's just pretty much perfect to me. I mean, it, there's Elder Scrolls five is by far one of the greatest games ever made by mankind. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not even joking. I feel like the president should talk about Elder Scrolls five more often. Um, it with with DLC with expandable content that's a game that if I could if I had every money in the world I definitely would have a computer a high end computer that only played Elder Scrolls Five VR yeah I would if I could I I don't know if I ever be able to do that um, basically Elder Scrolls Five has become an environment for for creative people to make so much other kind of content just their mods for that game seem almost limitless. It seems like they can make almost anything and add it to Elder Scrolls, v, uh, Elder Scrolls in general. Elder Scrolls VR, from my understanding, is not that much different. It doesn't have as many mods. But just a regular base game, if you don't talk about mods, you're talking about just a base game. Elder Scrolls is a giant world. It's a classic world. It's, it's stood the test of time. People have been playing this game on a daily basis for about 10 years. Um, it's a very old game. And it's just so good. The story is so good. There's so many characters and Easter eggs where it feels like you could play for 10 years. And unless you had some kind of YouTube video or some guy telling you every single place to go, you might still be missing content. You still want, I, I still put that game on sometimes and see things I've never seen before. And that is truly amazing. So the fact that they have VR, which is added on afterwards, um, is something that's a must-own. It's a must-have. I have heard the VR controls aren't great. Which again, you know, you're walking around this giant world. It probably would become physically taxing. I mean, I feel like you would have to play that sitting down if you really wanted to enjoy it. However, I think maybe when you're fighting, you might want to stand up and hop into the fight, and that be a different kind of experience than you get on the controller. Um, but that's one I'm looking forward to trying. Um, but again, you know, it's it's really big. VR was an afterthought, so the VR sometimes isn't as accurate as you'd want. But like casting spells at your hands and all those kind of things, there's no way that you could um not not enjoy that. I've seen people play it at like the games, the game expos, and they all said the same kind of thing. Like the first time you like make your fireball in your hand and you shoot it, you can't help but grin ear to ear because it's just such a cool experience. So that's one that's gonna be really fun to try to go ahead and get into. Um, I gotta mention Fruit Ninja. I do see it pop up on both the list and. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, it's it's cool. Fruit Ninja's cool on your phone. Is it cooler in VR? Yeah, I guess. You know, you're waving around a fake sword. There's like swords you can get and stuff that look kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you want to play Fruit Ninja, it sucks because like it's fun for your your family and friends, definitely, if you're looking for something for them to play when they come over. But like by besides that, I feel like you can spend you know full price on Fruit Ninja thirty bucks or whatever it is, and you can be done playing in five or ten minutes. Like how how much do I want to play a Fruit Ninja in any given set setting? And with all the other VR games, I wouldn't want to come back to it. So it's not fair to Fruit Ninja. Like Fruit Ninja is doing its best job at being what it wants to be, right? It's being the best version of Fruit Ninja it possibly could be. Um, it's, it really depends on I guess how much you really want to play Fruit Ninja on your own. Like I don't know. And then it also goes into Angry Birds. I liked Angry Birds a lot, actually. Um, I like Angry Birds. I like playing with the physics of the world. With Fruit Ninja, you're slicing, you're moving your hands and slicing things up. But there's lots of games that offer some kind of way to slice things. 
What Angry Birds, I think, was cool about it is it's like having a bunch of Legos in your room, but you don't got to clean up your Legos. So when you're throwing a bird and hitting the blocks, which are in a, a 3D space now, they're not like a 2D like on a cell phone, um, it's interesting to see, you know, if I throw a bomb at that corner of the building, how would the blocks react? And they almost always react in the way you would think they would react. It's a very rewarding puzzle experience that, um, you know, yes, you, to do that at home, you would need to set up all this stuff and build these big, you know, block contraptions and stuff. And then obviously you don't have a bomb in your house, right? Like, so it, it's, again, one of those games that are better than what it would be like in real life to do. Um, there's a lot of levels, a lot of challenges, and it's a game that's fun to play with the family. You know, you bring over your neighbors or friends, they're going to know instantly what to do. Hey, pull back on the rope, let the bird fly and do its thing. Um, everyone understands it, and it's it's a very, very satisfying game to play. So I kind of feel like Angry Birds is worth it because everyone's going to come over. Um, on Oculus Quest 2, they have a bunch of, like, demos. All the demos are awesome. The demos give anybody who doesn't understand VR an instant like introduction on how VR works, how the controllers work, and the demos are fun. Um, they're really, really fun. One of the demos, I can't remember which what they're called, but it had like a Ready Player One, like rusty trailer you're standing in. And like even like picking up the game cartridge and putting it in, which like they'll show you like a, a old school video game system, you pick up a cartridge, you put it in, even that's satisfying. So they're trying those things are always cool. On the PS5, PS5 has a regular demo, I think called like Playroom or something like that. That demo is amazing too. Um, I actually have it still installed. I want to go play it and beat the whole demo. And that's just for the regular PS5. It's not even VR or whatever. But all those things are great. And that's pretty much my, my roundup. Now, looking at the current landscape of VR, I mean, we, that means we haven't gotten Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. We haven't gotten some of those bigger games. However, there's all these cool games that already exist. I know there's like two or three poker games people play that are really popular. Um, you can go watch basketball games live sometimes. I've seen people kind of standing around debating and having conversations with each other at some of the um the meta worlds that that you know the meta have set up or whatever. There's a lot of interesting experiences to get into in VR. Um, you know, I definitely think if you are home alone by yourself all the time, if you're younger or you have like your own space, maybe something you can do a little more often. However, I also think it's it's one of those things that once you're done, you might want to go outside or do something else because um, I don't feel like it's comfortable and relaxing enough. You don't want to do it as long as you might do a console game or even a computer game where you're sitting down in your most comfy chair, sitting down on your sofa playing all night. I feel like VR kind of almost inspires you to be active and to get out the house at some point. Um, and if you can't do that, it might be unsatisfying. So I feel like that was kind of the mix, you know, feelings I got when playing it. I think there's a, a a quarterback game I heard that's pretty decent. I would love a basketball game. I wonder how well that would work. Um, but again, I think those things would be just things that you make you feel like you want to go outside and then play. Like the boxing game makes you feel like I want to go spar with a real person. And I think those things are cool. If those are things that you do at home and they kind of inspire you to go out and reconnect with people, what a funny uh, side effect that seems like that wouldn't happen from VR, right? You would think VR is somehow better than real people, but it's not. I think it just makes those virtual experiences we've been having with our cell phones and our Playstations and controllers and, and keyboards, it just makes those experiences better. And then, you know, I think kind of us, you know, kind of encourage you to go back out and do other things. Um, I've seen like yoga games and stuff like that. I feel like for stuff like that, you need the photorealistic stuff. So, I'm excited on the consoles to see if there's more, you know, sightseeing and travel stuff that they do. 
um, where you can have those great visuals. The, the MetaQuest 2 is always going to give you a little bit more of a video game-ish kind of look because it's, it's made more for like the, the um, you know, consoles. Um, I did play this one, like I said, the Google Maps one, they had some pretty high resolution in this one like, tourist one I saw. And I was in this cave, in a real life beautiful cave that I probably would never travel to in real life. And the it was pretty photorealistic, which was cool. You got to see this interesting cave stuff from the inside of it. Um, you know, it's not going to beat real life, but I definitely could see, you know, once you're there and you're experiencing things in VR, it gives you kind of a reason to understand why you might want to go in real life, right? If I had a situation now where someone said, hey, you want to go to a cave in Egypt or whatever? I'd be like, no. But then after experiencing it in VR, I could say, oh, I, I get it. Once you're in the cave and you get some of those views, um, that might be something that's really fun to do if you're able to go do it. So again, I think, I think really VR gives you a lot of good benefits and encourages a lot of healthy things. I'll definitely encourage you to get off your couch and move around. Um, and I mean, like, is this like Pistol Whip? That's another game it's a must own. There's definitely games where I feel like you, you, it justifies the, the cost of the console and they have a lot of replay value because moving around and pretending you're shooting a gun doesn't get old. Um, you know, you know chopping some fruit, I guess, you know, being a samurai, swinging swords around doesn't get old. So it always lets you do those things over and over again in, in a way where it's not kind of showing you this ends, now go do something else. Where I feel like a lot of um, other games nowadays are made to be disposable. You play a game, you're done, and then you leave. Like Assassin's Creed always wants you to beat it and then go buy the next one. Where I don't feel like you have that so much. At least on the MetaQuest 2, it seems like they're like, hey, this is the best you know, game for playing poker. Have fun. Like There's no really need for another one. There might be a competitor who also makes a poker game. But um, you know, once you have it, what it's like to play poker with people... That that's an experience within itself. I don't need another pork poker game. Um, so I think that's kind of some of the cool things that you see happening on VR. And that's my buyer's guide. I mean, if you guys found that interesting, definitely let me know. If you guys want me to try some games or give more content about this, I'm always up for it. I'm Samurai. Thank you guys so much. Remember to check out this, that live stream with Samurai every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you want to, come hang out with us in the Discord. Go over to Samurai.com. Go to our links in the top right corner. Go to the Discord icon. Come on in. It's open to everybody. I appreciate it. Appreciate having you guys there, giving me feedback, and just kind of hanging out all week, right? Thank you guys so much. Hope you enjoyed the show. Peace.